Welcome to the Tone Jerks Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Gower, and uh, my normal co-host, uh, Kyle McIntyre. He is not here. He is on vacation. But do not worry. I had three good friends to help me out this week. I had Adam Rohr for the Let Him Hear podcast. I had Kevin Equitz from Equitz Guitars and Sean Wright from Lollygagger Effects. All decided to uh, you know help a brother out. We uh, tackled different topics, and uh, they... Episodes ran a little longer than I expected, but that's good. We got into some good conversations. So instead of having like an almost two hour long podcast, you know, we're going to split it up. So have three episodes. So enjoy this one. And there's two others to, you know, go on to make this a complete episode number 47. All right. Uh, so I have uh, Adam Rohr from Let Him Hear podcast. Uh, you know, say hi, Adam. No, 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 man. This isn't Adam. This is Kyle McIntyre. I'm <laughs> that, calling in from the Pacific Northwest. That's your best, Kyle. I got a whole bag of MXR pedals, bro. <laughs> I'm bringing them back. I got beard oil. I got new hats and my sunglasses. <laughs> and I realize that's pretty much all I know about Kyle. And right he, there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot of people figured, or like, you know, discovered that he had a wife. And people were like, well, oh, I never. <laughs> yeah, I'm with my wife. I love her too my wife <laughs> <laughs> anyways we we have adam here hi thank you so much uh you know just starting it off uh thank you so much for taking the time to you know talk to me <laughs> i know it's your free time and it's like you're like oh boy i can't wait to be on the tone jerks podcast <laughs> oh man i love it thank you but yeah, yeah i enjoy doing this stuff you know um hey you know it's kind of tradition here but what you know what's new in your world what's shaking what's grooving what's good when you say that, you're usually talking gear related, right? It's whatever. You can just say like, yeah, "Hey, you uh, know, I had a burger for bre- for you yeah, know, breakfast or dinner." <laughs> yeah, I did not have a burger. Um, I want to thank gear related. What's new in my world? Uh, I recently got the um, the one fuzz from Tone Mob, which I saw Kyle was. Did he just get that too? Yeah, I saw he did. He and I'm like, it on Instagram. Yeah, I'm like jealous as fuck. <laughs> yeah. So so when when I talk about fuzz pedals i'm always a big muff type of fuzz guy yeah and and honestly i'm not like a huge fuzz guy to begin with but i like having at least one fuzz in my arsenal so i knew that the the tone mod pedal was not that but i was like you know i'm gonna give a shot anyway because just because i really like blake and i like the tone mob and i like solid gold effects who you know he collabed with so it's a win win uh, win win yeah right right <laughs> so i tried it and it's it's honestly amazing nice <laughs> yeah yeah I, I mean i'm not even saying that because i like blake i just wouldn't talk about it at all if it wasn't if it wasn't amazing <laughs> you were like that's a thing <laughs> right yeah so that's cool and i also got the um the 1981 inventions uh the drv pedal oh too. shit yeah how's that's that too it's really cool it's um so i had matt hoops on my podcast yeah 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 and we talked about that. And honestly, you have to hear him talk about it to really understand. I can't describe it at all because I know like what it's sort of based off of the 1985 rat and sort of how he changed it from that and how it progressed to be something completely different. But you yeah, need to hear him talking about it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a little plug there. Check yeah, out. Uh, what episode was that of yours? Probably that was episode four. Yeah. And then uh, to bring it back, we he was also on Blake's. You know, you got it. Yeah. Uh, the Tone Mob podcast. So yeah, no, that was really cool. I I really dug uh, both of your guys' episodes with them. It's like I was a, I was like, yeah, I, I saw Reliant K a bunch, you know, back in the day. Yeah. And it's like he said it was like the mm-hmm record. Yep. And that was like one of my favorites. So oh yeah, <laughs> so I was like oh jeez, yeah, yeah. I saw them when they did the uh, 
reunion tour of them. And yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've been following them since then, but they're from Ohio, which is, you know, I'm in Pennsylvania, so not, you know, terribly far from them. So it felt cool that they were kind of like sort of East Coast boys too. Yeah, definitely like a, a band that, you know, broke out. Now they're still doing it. Yeah. I kind of like how a lot of those bands are like still going, you know, they're doing it yeah. their their way, you know, whatever right. fits around their life, you know? And like yeah. the fact that this dude is like, I'm building pedals, but I'm still rocking out. <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. And I was, I talked to, I had, um, uh, who was it? JB Brubaker, August Burns Red. He's a friend of mine because he's from my hometown here. I had him on the podcast. And we were sort of talking about like how bands that we liked when we were young, you know, they're, they're finding ways with social media and, you know, all this stuff to, to tour again on, even on some of their old stuff because it's doable now. Yeah. And, and, you know, dudes like us who are, I don't know how old you are, but I'm in my 30s and, and you know, guys like us actually have money to spend on shows and merch now. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I didn't when I was a teenager. I found ways to to go, but but anyway, I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. Like I saw, what did I see? I saw the Get Up Kids recently. They were nice. touring off yeah. of one of their albums, and just you know, a lot of these bands are kind of doing that same thing. Nice. Yeah. No, that's that's really cool. I feel like you and I have like probably a lot of the same tastes in music. A lot of like the pop punk emo stuff. Yep. Like, yep. That's, that's how I started. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, that's like I think a lot of those bands are still doing the like still doing it, and that's like I think like the biggest one that comes to mind is like MXPX. You know, it's oh, like yeah. I you know they're doing it a way that works for them. They're not going to go out on like a three or four month long tour. They'll do like weekenders. You know, I'll fly yeah. out. We'll rent equipment, kind of budget that into like ticket prices or whatever. And then go back to work on Monday. <laughs> right. And they're playing such big shows that it's financially worth it just to do like a three show weekend or whatever, fly out there just for that. Yeah. What are you plugging those pedals into? I guess I like, what's your, what's your rig? Yeah. Um, so I'm currently staring at an, uh, Agnator tweaker 15, which actually isn't even mine. My friend has left it here for like forever. So that's, that's sitting right beside my computer. So that's actually what oh, I plug into most. Possession, but, right. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> um, um, but yeah. I actually have owned this amp before and I actually really like it for, I mean, especially it's a very budget friendly amp. You can get them used for, you know, 300 bucks or less probably. Um, I don't know. That's a cool amp. Um, I also have, um, I have an Earthquaker Engineering Amplification Bel Air, it's called. Um, that's sort of, so it's just like a 112, 20-watt uh, tube amp, sort of based off of like a uh, Fender Blackface, sort of like a Fender basement. I used to have a, an old 66 basement, and that was like my favorite amp ever. It was just way too loud for my uses. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know, I had a... Uh, a guy, Adam Magoon, he's actually in some of these gear groups and stuff. He doesn't do it much anymore, but he built amps on the side and they're so reasonably priced for, for what they are. And nice. I don't know, got that. And that's been my main amp for a long time. I've had so many amps <laughs> throughout the years, just Marshalls and Fenders and Maces and stuff. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's what I find. Uh, the reason why I asked uh, was because I'm like, I find like a lot of these higher gain, like but opposed to overdrive, I'm an overdrive fiend. Like I love yeah. just overdrives because I usually mix that with like a more dirtier kind of amp to like yeah, make, same. take both sounds and blend them together. Whereas I'm like, you know, some of the heavier ones, I'm like, you know, like a rat, you know, that, you know, the 1981 is kind of the right. based on or whatever. It's it like is. You kind of need to have a more cleaner amp 
and I found like, you know, like just a cleaner channel on some amps sound like shit. <laughs> yep. Like one of my favorite amps. I love it. And I'm like, whatever. Rocker Verb 50. Clean channel sounds like ass. It's like, it's like, it's just like, bang, 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 and you put the pedal in like, wow, that sounds even worse. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, okay, you probably got some good amps that you're using your, those pedals into. So that's why I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. I'm always like, I, I like the Fender cleans. I don't love the Fender overdrive. I don't think anybody does really, but, <laughs> but, uh, I like to, I like to turn the amps. It was just like a little bit of grit. And then really I just kind of push that and get most of the dirt like with pedals nice that's very cool. how i do it yeah so as most people kind of know you in the groups in guitar groups and stuff like that on facebook but yeah. in case they didn't you know um i would say i'm gonna make this a quick you know cliff notes version and then yep. uh, you guys can go to you know clifton Worley's show and check out yep. you know the Ad- you know, adam's interview that you did with him but i'm like okay um kind of the cliff notes version is you're predominantly a worship uh, uh praise and worship player right yeah these days that's, or that's your that's your that you're playing out kind of deal yeah yeah a few years ago i was i mean i've been in all kinds of bands throughout the years but uh the most recent thing i did other than that i was in like a almost like a folk americana type of thing it was just me and my friend brad who who was on episode two of let him here just nice. in, no, that's there you go. episode three sorry um yeah but i'm sort of putting my focus into the church stuff right now um yeah that's mainly how i play outside of my bedroom and, that, and that's that's um, kind of how you developed your rig to gig out is more like you know in that kind of sense you, you know it's funny because like i have this idea of a band that i want to do out like far removed from the church stuff and I'm always like thinking of gear for that thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, I guess I, yeah, that's another question. If so, you if you're start, you know your your band that you want to do, what what is this band? You know, give us so, the, you know give us you know the inside your head. What, yeah, what type I mean, of band you want. the stuff that I've been writing, um, it's like kind of like heavier, like indie stuff, like like not terribly different than like the Get Up Kids or something. Not that they're heavy, but. But kind of like driving indie, definitely like, like melodic, right? You know, yeah, like melodic, like not quite punk, but like something in that genre. Um, so I don't know if you ever heard of Red Bear amps. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were made by Gibson in like the early late '80s, early '90s. They were a Russian company, um, and they made this amp called like the MK50, and then they had an MK120, which is 50 watts and 120 watts. And there was like almost an exact replica of a JCM 800. Yeah. So I owned one of those when I was in high school and it was like the best sounding amp I ever heard at the time. So like for the longest time I was looking for another one and they're just like very hard to find. And, but when you do find them, they're not like that expensive because nobody really knows what they are. And I don't think they should be that expensive, but, but it's essentially like a JCM 800 for like half the price. Um, and so I actually found one. I went to a um, a guitar auction, and I got a whole half stack of that for three hundred bucks. Like, a couple oh years ago. damn! That's a hell like, of a yeah, dude. <laughs> but then it it like literally sat in my room for a year. And I'm like, this is for the band. I'm gonna start one day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And then I was like, dude, this is dumb. So then I got rid of it. <laughs> I was like, I can buy another amp whenever I start that band. But yeah. but yeah, I mean, that was a long way of saying to you wanted cliff notes. That wasn't cliff notes. But that's all right. That I was love, a, love, a big roundabout way to say that, yes, to most of my gear thoughts kind of go like are, I'm thinking about church because that's primarily the the place that I play out. But you and also, a lot of that stuff yeah. translates to other music too. So it's not like I'm, you know, it's not like I'm buying a harp or an organ for church or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're you're also recording stuff a lot on your own, right? Like kind of yeah. apparently song ideas for this band, right? <laughs> yeah, just like demos. I just I just use GarageBand. I'm not I'm not great with recording stuff, but I've become very proficient with GarageBand, so that's what I stick with for exactly. now. You know, that's, just, that's... I just have a focus right and go through there. Yeah, no, that focus right's great. I just recently I mean, I guess recently. I got one a year ago. I love it. So far it's so good. Yeah. And it's a lot better than what I was using. I, you know, I I think like kind of with recording and stuff like that, it's like using the best stuff that you're, you know, not using the best stuff, but using the stuff that you have in the best way is kind of I think the best way to, to record. I use yeah. best a punch. But, you know, uh <laughs> you know, it's like I we recorded three of our albums on a M box. Like a two oh, nice. two input M box USB deal. Yeah, that like, was the thing like ten years ago. Everybody was using an M box. And they're shitty. Yeah. <laughs> well now they are, yeah. Yeah, they're not good. And we still recorded on them because I'm like, that's what we had. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, you you know, if you know your equipment and you know, you know, your DAW or your your techniques. I'm like, that's what it all is. I'm like, it's all about the tricks. It's about the techniques and the tricks to me for recording. So I'm like, if you're saying like, oh, I only use GarageBand, I'm like, no, dude, you are using GarageBand. You're like killing it because you're actually doing something, you know? Right. And that's kind of like what my thoughts are. Like I could, you know, learn Pro Tools or whatever. I could, especially when I started like recording the podcast, I'm like, oh, I need to get a nicer mic. I want to get better headphones just like you know as a gear person that's the first thing you go to i'm like dude slow your roll you're gonna have like 10 listeners like why don't you <laughs> feel it out first yeah so i'm just using like an sm58 and it works and we'll, we'll see where we yeah, go from there no, no, nothing wrong with that it was like yeah it was like um yeah you were hitting me up with like some advice about monitors and he headphones i just recently got like a okay pair of headphones <laughs> as yeah. opposed to like a pair of like 20 dollars sennheiser shits what I'm did like, you get? I you know I got the what MDR Sony's. Oh, okay. So they're not like they're hundred bucks. I mean it's not the front of the class, not the back. <laughs> right. I just took mine off to look. I was I forgot what I was using. I'm using the Tascam TH200X, which are like everybody says that they're like a good like budget headphone. There used to be like. A hundred bucks new, but now, like, I got these on the deal of the day, musician's friend, for like twenty five bucks. Nice, yeah. Because <laughs> I wanted a, because I wanted a second pair. I'm like, hey, might as well. Yeah, all my tracking stuff was like for like on twenty dollar headphones for ten over ten years, you know. Yeah. And people are like, when I love it when um we've had people like give us like nasty criticisms on the band because they're like, yeah, you can tell like their songs are really good because they paid a lot of money to go to a studio. <laughs> and I'm like, nah, dude, I recorded those in my bedroom <laughs> <laughs> with like shitty ass cables, shitty ass yep. mics. It doesn't matter. You know, it's like there's a, you know, $50, you know, SM57 used that's on that cab. I'm just recording yep. it in my bedroom. And then right. it's all about how you use it. Anyways, we're getting off topic here. 
Oh, we had a couple topics that I wanted to bring up. Yeah. So we we, we uh, got a you know quick background. Adam, he's he's doing it. He's playing in his church. He's writing songs. He's recording. He's he's in it, and he's got a podcast. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, I had a topic that I wanted to bring up. You ready? Ready. All right. So, what are some of the biggest flubs, the fuck ups that you've had on stage, and how did you recover? Just maybe playing wise, maybe you played the wrong part, maybe you tripped, maybe you, <laughs> you know, who knows? Uh, do you have any that come to mind that you'd like to share? I mean, there's literally so many um, that I have to think about. It. <laughs> I mean, like every time I play, um, <laughs> I uh, what comes to mind? There is this very specific very embarrassing moment when i was young i was in this punk band in high school i was probably 16 or 17 something like that and we played this it was a battle of the bands type of thing it was like a band competition yeah and so the year before we played and we you just play one song and we won we got first place which was like very surprising like we we were definitely not expecting it we were just like doing it for the experience like yeah and so the second year we played the same thing, probably feeling a little overconfident. Yeah. <laughs> and just just playing returning one song. champs, returning and champs. And so like yeah, you have to like so I was introing the band and the song just like, you know, talking and my voice started to shake a little just like from nerves. Oh yeah. And like once that thing starts going, it's like when you're bombing a hell on a skateboard and once the wobble starts on the wheels, <laughs> you're done, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so my voice starts to wobble and I could feel it. And then like, it just kept like shaking. So then I was like, damn it. It sounds like I'm like getting choked up or crying, but that's not what's happening here. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like my voice started shaking. And then like, so like I finished that and people are looking at me like, what is going, like, is this dude crying? What is happening? But really it was just like all, <laughs> it was all nerves. And so I'm like, oh great. Okay. Start the song. So like the, the drummer clicked us in and I like completely played in like the complete wrong key. I was doing like a, a very simple like solo part and it was just like completely off and i was like ah stop 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 like i had to stop the band and start oh, over fuck. because like i i had just train wrecked it completely yeah it had to happen like it just wasn't going anywhere good because the band was looking at i mean we were all like 16 70 we couldn't we didn't know how to recover you could you couldn't come back yeah yeah so we stopped started over and needless to say we didn't place it all in this thing. <laughs> spoiler alert yeah we spoiler. did not we did not win and I mean, you know, sixteen, seventeen, when you're already just embarrassed to be alive, and your hormones are raging, yeah. and everything sucks anyway. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised I made it out of that week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's see, I got one that happens more often than it should, because you know how you should learn from your mistakes. <laughs> you should, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I oh like it's it's happened like so many times that I will like capo on the wrong fret. <laughs> like it could be like oh instead of capo on three, I will do two or one yada yada, yeah. and I'll do that. And then like I'm playing my chord, you know, shapes the right way. I'm like I'm looking at you know Kyle. I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? And then he looks at me like he'll grab his base like with the, his fretting <laughs> hand and shove it like practically like in my face. 
And then I'm like, it's like, no, oh, this is the right no, note. No, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> We're in B minor. <laughs> oh no! And so like, I gotta try and like, I basically just like have to just hit all the strings open, hit a bunch of delays and reverbs and like phase or something like that, and then like slide it over to the right one. And then I'm playing right, and people are like, "What in the fuck was that?" Yeah. <laughs> like I've done that so much that now uh since I'm using uh my fractal mm-hmm. I'm able to like write the name of like the patches you know, oh, yeah. or so you know this you know basically the um you can have different like patches or whatever for songs with different effects and stuff like that. And so I write the name of capitals you write on yep. capo fret 2. <laughs> yeah, I do. I write capo 4. Yeah. Capo 3. And then, like, nobody else sees it except for me. And it has, right. like, big and bold when you switch to the different, you know, uh, preset or whatever yeah. for the next song or whatever. It'll say, like, you know, spineless, Cabo 4. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, I even, like, while I'm in my, you know, sober state before we get a couple beers on stage or whatever, you know, I guess I could just not drink on stage. That's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> I could, I do on my set list, I write like four, five, whatever next to the song name. And sometimes I'll, I'll give it, you know, uh, one of the guys will grab my set list by mistake and be like, dude, uh, what the hell does uh, five mean? What does five yeah. mean? And like, they, you know, start freaking out. What does five mean? Right. And I'm like, oh, that one's mine. That's my capo. I need to have it on that. <laughs> and then, you know, more, uh, more recently, I mean, it's like, you know, there's been like, you know, malfunctions with like pedals or going out or whatever. So you just got to, you know, play off of that. But like, as right. far as my fuck ups, that's been the biggest one is like playing. Yeah. Same thing in the wrong key, but I'm so hard, f- hard set. Cause I'm like, I place my capo there. I'm sure as shit in the right key. I'm not. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we do our best to keep it going. And Kyle's just like, idiot. You're an idiot. Yeah. And Kyle, he's like hoping that, I'm like, I hope you remember this moment because you fucked up. <laughs> Just I feel so like it wouldn't be like terribly hard to play that off like as a punk band playing in a club or something. We're like, oh, yeah. we're just drunk, you know. Whatever. Yeah, or you, or you just like scream and then you change, right. your, you change your capo over. That was part of the song. We've had friends who do it. Like, I, like I've seen people, like friends of ours, I won't name them, but like they play the song in like a completely different key, like without a capo. So I'm like, what is your, like you're making chords, like you had to make those chords up. Yeah. Like, did you guys just not practice? I'm like, instead of playing like, say, like he's now barring it instead of playing open A, he's now playing yeah. B. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how did you figure that out? But like you oh, had I to go. That. You had to go out of your way to play it in the wrong key. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you do. I guess maybe. You're... I mean, I, in <laughs> church, it's just that's so common. Just having to transpose like on the fly because we're playing like, like you know, when you're playing in a band, you're playing your songs, so yeah. you know those songs well. I mean, we're playing different songs every week, and they're in all different keys. So, capoing is very common. I'm only playing. I'm mostly playing lead guitar these days, so I never yeah. use a capo just because you got the scorching, scorching like leads, it, man. <laughs> right, and and honestly, like I've had so many times where I have you put it on the wrong fret to start out, or or like I'll throw the capo on and it like throws my guitar out of whack or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, thankfully I have a better capo these days, but yeah, so yeah, just that kind of thing. <laughs> All right, so are you usually switching? Um, oh, this is just a question. I'm like, do you have to like switch your like? 
song like keys based on the singer that you have like do you have like a rotating cast kind of thing yeah we usually do um so i've been i've had you know seasons where i've actually led the whole band for a couple years and thank god i'm not doing that anymore just because that's such a pain yeah but um (laughs) uh yeah we'll have like i mean we'll have we have like a couple backup like female singers so like if they sing lead on a song then yeah you got to do it in like a key obviously they're going to do a different key than i would sing it in Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a, that's the thing. Like, even if you think, you know, a song like, Hey, guess what? We're not playing it in C today. We're playing it in a or whatever. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's, it's like, it, as, as far as a guitar player, I'm like, it doesn't matter what you practice. You now have to go with the singer. Cause the singer, right. you know, is kind of the more the melody that people are paying attention to. So you got to follow them. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I had a, I had another one real quick. Actually, sure. this wasn't yeah, me, but I, it's when I was leading the band in church one time we were playing a new song and I was playing electric and then the other, there was another electric player and he was starting the song. Um, and he started the song. It was a, the song was in three, four. He started it in four, four. And I, and I know what he did wrong right away. And I was like, dude, I don't even know how. So I started like tapping my foot in three, four, like, dude, like trying to like, yo, you're playing it in the wrong freaking time signature. You can't do that. Like that's even worse than playing in the wrong key. So like, tapping up here, I'm like, so to I stare started up at to like, bitch. I'm like, I don't know what to do here. So I started to sing it, trying to just like, I started trying to sing it like in the right time to see if he would figure it out, but he didn't. So I was like, okay, dude, stop, stop. I like made the like, you know, the throat cutting like stop the song deal, mm-hmm. and had to start, and I had to start him over. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, so that's always weird, especially in the friggin' middle of uh, you know church service. Uh, we've seen like friends of ours who have played a set where the bass player was tuned like a whole half step out of tune, in all four of his strings because he didn't know that like he tuned it to the wrong. He put new strings on, he tuned it to like E standard, and then they were in E flat drops, you know. And then he, but he played the songs his normal way. He's like, okay. He did not yeah. figure it out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad when it's like it's all thirty of his fucking, strings are in tune. Yeah, thirty fucking minutes, and he was all right. out of tune. I'm like, dude, Ugh. what is your problem? <laughs> the thing is, like, uh, the average lay person who like does not know music, does not know c- guitar, all they know is that that sounds terrible. Yeah, They're, they can't even like, oh, that's a little out of tune. They're just like, oh god, this band is terrible. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> something th- about it is really bad. <laughs> Thank God I paid a cover to listen to thirty minutes of this while I drink my beer. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that was somebody else's. But yeah, I mean that was that was a that was a good one. Wrap that topic up, right? Yeah, I like that. Cool. I have a topic if we want to. Yeah, let's 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 bring it another up. one here. Let's do it. So uh, my topic is: What are some bands? that should have hung it up a, a long time ago and uh, that are still going and on top of that what are band some bands that were gone too soon you wish they were still going Ugh. i got uh i got a couple and you got do you want to go first or you want me go ahead all right well bands that should have hung it up this one's kind of an like an obvious one but blink 182 after that was my first one <laughs> after tom DeLong left yeah. Like you guys they legit fucking suck. They're I, terrible. I, with the new album is completely unlistenable. I listened to one song and it was like and it was so heartbreaking cuz like Dude Ranch was like so important to me as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, and 
I even really like, I mean, I like the untitled stuff and I, I, you know, neighborhoods or whatever the hell that was, the one that yeah. they did after like Travis got in a plane accident or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was okay. There was a handful of good songs on there, but like this one is terrible. It's so auto-tuned bullshit and like, you know, yeah. like it, they didn't even write half the songs. It was like John what? Feldman. You know, I don't know if you like have seen Mark Hoppus and like interviews and stuff. I think he's just gone completely crazy. Like, I mean, he just is such a strange dude now. I, I in, don't get in, it. In my opinion, he's just he's a guy that like he's like Blink Twenty Two is his life. Yeah, like he like I'm like he tried to have like some shitty ass show on like you know extended cable like Fuse right. or whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, that was terrible, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then, was that like a talk show or something? Yeah, he had like a talk yeah. music show. I'm like, it was pretty garbage. And yeah. then he like, you know, he tried Plus 44, which wasn't really that good. Yeah, they had like oh, four man, or five I've, good I've songs. I forgot about that. Yeah. Four or five good songs. And then it was really phoned in. Like you could tell yeah. like some of the songs that Mark wrote, like he's just not a strong lyricist. He's a great, no. he's a way better singer in my opinion than Tom DeLonge, but he's not oh, a yeah. good lyricist. Sounds terrible. <laughs> which is to me, you know, it, is more important. Can you write a good song? That's more important. Oh, I agree. I agree. Like, you may not be able to perform it as well because I'm like, you know, and then the thing is studio tricks can make it better, obviously. Mm-hmm. We all know, I'm like, to me, I'm like, some of my takes, it'll take me 20 takes to say the, the word the when I sing. <laughs> and hey, guess what? Newsflash, Taylor Swift cannot sing. She just can't. She's not good. Yeah. And here she's the biggest pop star in the world. Yeah, you know, because there's the studio tricks. There's always cutting and pasting waveforms together <laughs> and then auto-tune to, and compression, whatever. So, but, you know, that's to me, Blink. It just, uh, I think they're just trying to do it. And like, which they are. I'm like, and I think Tom is like, oh, I'm chasing aliens. And then Blink-22 is playing my songs, but I still get royalty checks. Yeah. Have at it, boys. <laughs> so Tom was on... So Tom was on Joe Rogan's podcast like that was a, few a crazy one. Ago. That no, he's insane. That was I like mean, a year like, ago. Yeah, was it a year like ago? I think it was, yeah. a, it was a while, a good while ago. Yeah. The that thing is, I'm like, he's nice about it. Yeah, and he it's is. just like, yeah, go chase aliens, buddy. Like, I'd, I, I like the idea of like a quirky, crazy, you know, crazy like fun person. Yeah, and he just wants to chase <laughs> aliens. I'm like, yeah, sure. have fun. You're, you're not gonna ruin anybody's life. Do your thing. Yeah, go have fun. One of the, <laughs> I mean, real quick, one of the like most disappointing parts about like the new blink One Eight Two stuff is that like here to infirmary and some of those al- old alkaline trio albums were so good. I thought, I don't know how you feel about Matt Skiba, but yeah, no, I like Matt Skiba a lot. That's he why it's a just bummer. does not fit or whatever they're doing with him and blink. It like, it is so disappointing for me because I mean, when I heard he was part of the band, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Like they might, he might revive this thing, but Nope. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm I don't know him. I've never met him. I don't, but to me, I'm like, it just seems like, oh shit, here's my moneymaker. Thank you. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. That's what it is for him, most likely. But I'm going to tack my car onto this train. Thank you, boys. Yep. <laughs> Full steam ahead. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it does not sound good. They're live stuff. I'm like, I have no, uh, I, did, I never want to see him again until, unless Tom comes back. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So I, how about any bands that you, you felt were gone too soon? I think um, this one is one that uh, Kyle was always into when we were kids, and I never actually gave him a chance until like after they were defunct. It was uh, a band called The Matches. They were um, a band out of the Bay Area. 
Okay. I think they were signed to Epitaph or something like that. They had like maybe three to four records. Um, they were kind of kind of punk for their first record, and then they got like just really weird stuff. They started doing like a waltz kind of songs. They started doing like you know a lot more stuff with like vocal like you know triggers almost where they would like take like a vocal line and like, and then they would like, you know, have that doing that live and trying to, you know, add it in the studio back and forth. They would have it like very like dancey almost and make like, and kind of like, you know, drum like machine type things in their song. Like they just threw everything into their music and they kind of went for it. And it was super interesting. I'm like, man, this like, but when I was younger, like, you know, I was like 17, 18 years old as like, you know, punk rock kid. I'm like, this is, fucking lame I was fucking, and it was like but now i'm like dude it was so good and they just yeah. you know it was a thing it's like they started getting some steam i think they maybe got signed to a major but it's like okay they got pushed on you know they, they kind of like rode that like around that fallout boy fueled by ramen kind of thing when it's like all these like underground like pop punk bands started breaking they were like oh let's throw money at them throw money at them and they kind of had like you guys are going to be the next big thing, whatever. And they, they kind of caught on to that wave, but it's like, they weren't either ready for it or they weren't really made for it, you know? And so they kind of just ended up just fizzling out. Cause it's like, I think they lost their drummer. The other band members got kicked out because of the label contracts and stuff like that. So they just never made it. And they kind of just were done. Hmm. They, They would have like, the label would be like, provide them band members like drummers and stuff like that. It's like, oh, this drummer, he's, uh, I think it was a thing. It's like, he's like a big thing on YouTube. He's now your drummer now. <laughs> Who the fuck? Right. We've never met him before. All right. Yeah. He's your it drummer. Happens a lot, actually. And so it's like, they kind of just didn't want to keep going. And so they stopped. And then they did a couple of like, of the, you know, 10 year reunion shows, stuff like that recently. And I think they got back to do like a quick EP, but they're not like hitting it hard. So I think yeah. that's kind of band that's coming back. But they're not really like they fizzled out. They did. They were they were done, and they're kind of coming back now. What about you, Adam? Cool. You got a, you got a couple? Uh, let's see. Yeah. So Besides Blink, what else you got? Blink was the big one. Um, so I feel like the Ataris maybe should have hung it up. Um, <laughs> and I know that they're still going, but like with a you know a fraction of the original lineup, I think it's just it's Chris just Rowe Chris. At this point. He's the only one. Yeah, and I heard you talking about his, him on your podcast when you went to see him, and that was just so disappointing, man. It's I, like fucking like over an hour to set up, and you I thought backlined like, gear. They're they're so uh, blue skies, broken hearts, and so long Astoria were like two of my favorite albums in mm. that era. I like the and end they were of forever. so good, yeah. and they were like very much kind of like other band sounds, but also like very different. I think his voice like made their, and also I thought like his lyrics and stuff were also like very different from what other people were doing. So I thought it was really cool. Um, but after so long a story, like I, I didn't like know much of what they were doing after that. Yeah, the welcome the night. Just was to hear that they're still like shitty. limping along and still touring with just Chris, man. That. I don't know. That bums me out. <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of think, I don't know. Whatever. And then it's also a part of me is like, yeah, you're playing sold out shows. Keep doing it. But also, it's like, yeah. At, at least he knows, and they know, they're playing these shows and only playing the old stuff. Yeah. He is only playing the old stuff. 
they have new songs and like I think they had like a CD that they were selling at the show. He did not play one damn new song because he knew what, <laughs> what the fuck he was getting into. It's like nobody wants to hear this because mm-hmm. they would have fucking like been pissed. It's like we're only playing the hits. We're only playing the hits and maybe a cover here and two, you know, Boys of Summer and or something else from like some obscure punk band that he liked. And that was it. Because like if he played any new stuff, people would be like, what the fuck is this? We're rioting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um let's see so that yeah those those are my bands that i could think of for should have hung it up and i'm sure there's more but it was hard for me to think of bands that were gone too soon because like a lot of those bands are still like either limping along or or they're doing like the whole you know reunion thing yeah. so i don't know if they count but i was thinking of bands like um so Lagwagon was a band that I loved back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I I honestly had to look it up. I wanted to make sure that they weren't still <laughs> doing their thing, but they're not really. They put out an album maybe like five years ago. I thought they, yeah, I thought um, they were put, put out a new one a couple they, years ago. They honestly could still be playing. I didn't look too into it, but um, I think it was 2014 something. Oh, like yeah, that, yeah. That they put so. out their last one. Um, I don't know. There's a band I really like. There's a band called Craig's Brother. Were you familiar with them? They were a tooth no. and nail band. They were like, you know, not that unlike Lagwagon, actually. Like very, very fast, like new school punk, kind yeah. of pop punk. But uh, they were another band that I really liked. Um, there's a band called Elliot. Um, they were like this indie kind of emo band, but not like the crappy emo, like the later Taking Back Sunday type of stuff. Yeah. Um, I think Taking Back Sunday sort of jump-started that crappy emo pop like radio stuff that yeah. started happening <laughs> <laughs> I, I did like i did like I, them. honestly i liked their one i can't remember the name of it what was their album that came out that made them like really big i can't remember the uh, name of it, but um i can't remember so what it was, sick, it was so a... sick of being sorry and oh so oh, that, sorry. That, was, that, that, yeah, that the... started with that song whatever that was on yeah. um I love that album, but then after that, I just think that there were so many bands that like came out that started trying to be like them, and then they called that music emo. But like when I think of emo music, I think of like Sunny Day Real Estate and The Promise Ring and Mineral and yeah, like these yeah, yeah, yeah. old bands from like the nineties. Um, it's kind of uh, like it's uh, kind of like yeah, definitely because I didn't grow up as much as in the emo scene as I did with pop punk. Yeah, but for me, like pop punk for me was always like blink and like drive through right. records bands and stuff like that yeah. and new you know new fun glory some 41 stuff like that and then it's like when newer pop punk bands started i'm like that's not pop punk pop punk is right. this and when they started doing like the, you know, the cr- crazy like down tuned right. and like you know drop and then it's like where they weren't melodic enough where they were just like so my friends and I do do and I was like, "Well, that's all <laughs> auto-tuned and you're singing like two notes." Right. Like give a fuck, would you? And try and sing. Yeah. So that's for me. I'm like, when people always talk about the that's not emo, this is emo. I never got to that cuz I never was a part of that, but I was like, yeah. I was more of the pop punk versus like newer pop punk. <laughs> like it gives like it matters, you know, like always putting a label on stuff, but I'm like for me it did. <laughs> Honestly, like when I, I don't know, I was probably 16, all that I bought was punk records, period. And then I saw, I stole my brother's uh, Jimmy World Clarity record. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like this, 
it feels kind because of, they basically came from like a punk background. So there was like something about it that was not punk, but like you could kind of feel kind of the same sort of energy or something in the music. And it just opened that actually opened up like, oh, there's stuff out there besides punk. Well, so, I mean, that, that's a band. That's a perfect example of like a band that I'm like is keep keeps on going that I'm like, I'm stoked that they are. <laughs> yeah you listen and, to and people like, still love their i, I mean they're i haven't so good. really followed them but people still love their new albums and stuff that they put out mm-hmm. I mean, but i haven't followed yeah. them too much lately but i mean i hear they're doing good things <laughs> i yeah. don't know but anyway i that all stemmed from there's this band called elliot and they have an album called false cathedrals and that is my top five favorite albums of all time nice. and you m- probably don't know them just because they weren't that big but but they just were phenomenal and they ended probably like a few years after that, which would have been like, I'm sure they ended in like the mid two thousands at, at latest, maybe early two thousands. Yeah. Um, and then the, so the front man started a band called frontiers that was just a couple years ago and they were also very good, but that only lasted a couple years. I think I'm actually trying to track him down cause I'd love to have him on my podcast, but <laughs> yeah, I don't really think cool. he, he's like the kind of dude I don't think he does like any social media. So he's like, anyway, yeah, he's like elusive creature. <laughs> right. So, that's um, all I got. Yeah, we can uh, wrap this up if you'd like. Cool. So, yeah, um, uh, before we go, I just want to say uh, again, thank you so fucking much for giving the time to come out and come out. Yeah, I mean, just like, like, just fucking thank you so much for doing this. Like, I know You're it was welcome. like a big thing of like, hey man, you want to be on my podcast? <laughs> and waste, oh, I'm happy to <laughs> waste I'm your happy time. To talk to you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, I said it a bunch before, but I'm a big fan of you know Adam your new podcast, but, um, the people out there who may not know what is your podcast, where can they find you? And what's the best way to get in contact with you? If they, you know, want to give you feedback. It's called let them hear. Um, at this point it's on like everything. It just got on Spotify yesterday. You had to have at least six episodes to get on Spotify and I have seven or eight or something out now. So nice. Yeah. So, uh, find it anywhere really. Um, I'm only doing Instagram at this point as far as social media goes, just because like probably one of my favorites actually. Yeah. It's my favorite for sure. And also like, I love all of the guitar gear pages on, on Facebook and stuff. I just didn't want to like muddy up that water. Do another one. Like one more that everybody felt obligated to join because they know me or whatever. And I just, I don't know. And I'm saying that now and who knows if I ever will do that, but maybe, you know, who knows, but, but, we, but like for now I, I feel good with like not spending any more time on Facebook than I already do. So just that, um, uh, I have an email, which is let them hear podcast at Gmail. You can feel free to email me if you listen to the show and want to ask any questions or anything, whatever. <laughs> there you go. Uh, leave them five stars on iTunes. Subscribe. Yeah, please. All right. Thank you again to Adam. Before I close this out here, I just want to say thank you guys for tuning into the show. And if you guys, you know, want to be a part of what we got going on, you guys can follow along on Instagram at the Tone Jerks and uh, check us out on our Facebook group. Just search the Tone Jerks and you'll find it. And if you guys do like what you hear, you or if you don't, you guys can leave a review on iTunes. Uh, you know, hopefully it's five stars, but even if it's not, uh, your reviews, if you write something, we're going to read it on the air. We got a couple... That we got uh, recently, but I'm going to wait until uh, my brother Kyle is here and we're going to read him on the air. And if you guys really like what you hear, you guys can help support us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. But if you guys double down to $2 a month, you guys get an extra episode every week. 
And at $5 a month, you guys get a discount on shirts and uh, we will send you some Plane Without a Pilot merch because we don't really have any Tone Jerk stuff right now. So just as a quick thank you, I wanted to give a shout out to all of our supporters. We have uh, Ko and Paul from the Flippin' Flippers podcast. We have Abe Newman. We have Michael Newman. We have Andrew Walsh. We have Will Lahue. We have Bruce Banana. We have Doug Christ, Doug Gann, Jamie Davis, uh, Jason Fuzzmonger, Adam Rohr. Uh, from the Let Him Hear podcast. We have uh, Jimmy B, Jimmy Bowers. We have uh, Johnny Ray. We have uh, Doug King. We have Joseph from Like My Pedals. We have Leon Wright from Pelican Noiseworks. And then we have Digger from Fat Foot Effects. And uh, this is the last week of that uh, pedal contest that we're doing on Instagram. We're giving away a Fat Foot Effects uh, pedal. It's a boost and drive all in one. Uh, some really cool artwork. And then um, go check out our Instagram for all the details. You got to like repost some shit, tag some friends, you know, the normal uh, Instagram contest type shit. And then we have a uh, Sean Arbo from Gun Street Wiring Shop. Uh, he's out there uh, hanging out with Kyle and I'm a little jealous. And then lastly, but not leastly, we have a new one. Uh, Steve Mike uh, from a local band here in San Diego, uh, Hardly Human. Um yeah, he has joined us on Patreon. I think that's really cool. Um, local support is cool. <laughs> kind of, you put this out there, you don't know who's going to listen. And, you know, the fact that, you know, local bands that we play out with and that we watch um, are listening to the show and are into it enough to support us. Um, all right. I'm just rambling on here by myself uh, like cr- a crazy person. But Kyle's going to be back next week. He's going to have a bunch of stories to tell. Uh, we will see you. We love you. Bye.